You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by the MLB.com shop. Hi, everybody. Welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Matthew Leach, talking New York Yankees with MLB.com's Yankees beat reporter, Brian Hoke. Brian, uh, uh, Yankees regular season is always interesting and entertaining, but I'm not sure it has anything on a typical Yankees offseason. Um, there's been some chatter that this team may not go crazy this winter, that they might show some restraint, do some tinkering around the edges. Personally, I find myself skeptical of that. What's your take on, on the sort of big picture for the Yankees as they enter this winter? Yeah, I agree with you, Matthew. I think that uh, that may be their plan as of right now, and that may be what the Yankees executives want to say, that they want to kind of fix from within and and not go out and spend a lot of money. But I think past history indicates that more often than not, they they tend to open up that checkbook at some point. Um, So that may very well be the working plan as they go into the offseason here, and they don't see themselves writing the big check, but that can change very quickly. And I think that as this marketplace kind of develops here and we see where free agents start to go and what the asking prices really might be, uh, I think maybe some memos might come across Hal Steinbrenner's desk. And uh, in the past, if something has come there that can improve the team and a strong case can be made that that investment should be made, Hal Steinbrenner has written, written those checks before. So I think that uh, – very possible the Yankees could be big spenders again this offseason. If they were to move aggressively and and move on one of the top players, uh, where would you see that most likely happening? Would that be a starting pitcher? Would it be a bat? Uh, where would you see that if they were to dip into the deep end of the free agent pool? Yeah, I think at this point they're gauging to see if Chase Headley and Brandon McCarthy will come back. Uh, those were two guys that they had for the tail end of last year. And, and perform pretty well in pinstripes. Uh, they seem to be good fits both on the field and in the clubhouse, but I don't think by any means that has to be all they do this offseason. I mean, there's three very big pitchers out there on the market that, um, you know, it, it should be no surprise if the Yankees get engaged with that and, and check in on the likes of John Lester, Max Scherzer, and James Shields. I think that uh, given the state of their rotation, uh, there's a lot of question marks. It could be it could be solid, but I think that uh, that remains to be seen. Uh, you know, you don't know for sure what you're going to get from Masahiro Tanaka or CeCe Sabathia. Ivan Nova could be out for half the year. Um, you know, Michael Pineda looked great when he was on the mound, but he also missed more than half the year with injuries. So I, I think that if you could import one of those guys, and I know it's not cheap, but this is a team that went out and spent $175 million to get Tanaka last year. If they're not gun-shy from that, maybe they can make another big splash. It seems to me that the Yankees of another era would target John Lester because not only is he good and has he proven that he can succeed in that division, but that he's also going to be a target of the Red Sox. I guess it's safe to say those kinds of things don't happen anymore, but uh, is he a guy who might hold a particular appeal for them? I think so, especially being a lefty. and um, I, You know that the, he's got the track record of pitching in the American League East. They think that uh, if they can put John Lester in Yankee Stadium, I think that's a terrific fit. Uh, that's also a big if. You know, um, I, I think that you can make a strong case. He's the most appealing guy out there uh, for a number of reasons. And so um, I think that 
there will be a lot of bidding for for Lester. I don't think it's a given by any means, but um, you know, I again would not be surprised to see the Yankees check in on Lester and and maybe go deep into the process with him. And then the the there are a few questions in the lineup, but it seems to me that there's nothing more wide open than shortstop. What what do you anticipate them doing at shortstop for 2015? Yeah, as of right now, I mean, the plan is find somebody who's better than Brendan Ryan. Um, you know, that's really their working plan right now. Uh, I think that it was a big hit when J.J. Hardy came off the board because he seemed to be a very good fit there. Um, when, when he re-signed with Baltimore, I think they kind of had to reassess what they were going to do there. And, you know, perhaps Stephen Drew is an option. Um, look, I mean, Drew did not perform well. There's no way to about it. Uh, he was a disappointment both for Boston and for the Yankees last year. However... Um, he would be coming back, theoretically. You would tell him he's going to do nothing but play shortstop. Remember, they were trying to get him to play second base so Jeter could say it's short. Um, he would come back as a shortstop, and, and maybe he would come back on a team-friendly deal because he's kind of he's got a reestablished value now uh, coming off that year. But he's just one year removed from being the starting everyday shortstop for a team that won the World Series up in Boston. So I, I think that's one way they might go. I think uh, Jed Lowry might be another way. Uh, it's really too early in the process. You know, you can throw a bunch of names out there. But uh, I, I think that they're not closing the door on the idea that Stephen Drew could be back for a second year in pinstripes. And at third, is is Chase Headley the, the top goal? Is that their hope, or, or is it a little more open than that? Well, they've got to get contingency plans in the event that A-Rod can't play third base every day. And as of right now, I, I think you have to operate as though you think of him as a DH and anything else you get is going to be a bonus. Uh, so uh, maybe if you're going forward thinking that Alex can only play 30 to 40 games at third base this year and will be DHing and maybe playing some first base, uh, you need a guy who can hold down third base. You know, they've got Martin Prado, and they can put him at third base. He could be their everyday third baseman. Uh, but that creates a hole at second base, too. So maybe that's Rob Refsnyder, maybe that's Jose Perella, maybe that's somebody else in the free agent market. But I think that Headley offers a lot of versatility. Uh, you know, look, he played way better defense than I expected. Um, you know, when, when the Yankees acquired him, Brian Cashman said that they saw him as an average defensive third baseman. Um, he was way above average. Uh, you know, he made a lot of plays that uh, the guys who were there before him simply were not making uh, last year. So... I think that if they can bring back Headley and, and have him consistently play third base and maybe fill in a little bit at first, too, um, he, he'd be a good fit. And I think that uh, there's a chance he'll come back at, at a team-friendly rate. And, uh, you know, he, he seemed to enjoy his stay in New York and seemed open to the idea of coming back. So we'll see where that goes. Yeah, I mean, I, I skipped right over A-Rod, not because I didn't want to talk about him or even because I think he couldn't hit. It just uh, how realistic is it to think that he is any more than a, a – a, bit part at third base. I mean, again, I, I think there's reason to think he might hit, but um, is, is it really reasonable to think he can play any significant amount of third base at this point? I'm not sure, and I don't think the Yankees are either. I think that's something you're going to have to find out in spring training. Look, I mean, he's coming off a year where he hasn't played at all. I'm sure he's been working out and is in good shape. I don't think he was just sitting on his couch this whole time, but uh, the fact is he's got two surgically repaired hips. He's coming off that. He's going to turn 40 in July. Uh, there's a lot of reasons to think that this is not going to be a guy who's your answer for 120 to 140 games there. So I think that the fact that the Yankees are already talking to him about maybe you should play some first base this year and why don't you bring a glove down to spring training, uh, I think that speaks volumes about the Yankees and where they stand with 
regard to planning around Alex as the everyday third baseman. I mean, those days just might be gone. And, and you know, if he can come in and play more than 40 or 50 games at third base, I think the Yankees would have to consider that a win. How much then hinges on, for, really for all making these pieces fit together, on Teixeira and Beltran being able to play a significant number of innings in the field and not having to have them stuck at DH? Yeah, well, I, in Beltran's case, it's huge because uh, not having him in right field last year, it, it, hurt, it was kind of a double whammy because they had to give so many at-bats to Ichiro Suzuki, who was, who was pretty good in a part-time role, but he just got overexposed, and you can't have Ichiro playing as much as he did. And the fact that Beltran couldn't work into that outfield mix, it, it really kind of jammed things up. Um, yeah, I think that in Teixeira's case, uh, keeping him on the field is the biggest part. Um, you know, it, it just seemed like it was always one thing after another. And, and historically, guys with that kind of wrist injury, it, it probably takes a full year to come back. So I, Teixeira said himself it wasn't a huge surprise the year that he had. You know, he kind of fought through it the best he could, but it's kind of what he was expecting coming to the end of the year, which is not exactly what he said in March, but that's okay. Um, in Beltron's case, he's got to be able to play the outfield. He's got to be able to throw, because if he's just a, a limited to a DH the way he was last year, um, you know, that contract's going to look very long. You know, there's two more years on that, and the Yankees signed that with the intent that he could at least play a corner outfield spot. And then there's the bullpen, where they at least have some good options, but it does seem like David Robertson is a pretty big question. Uh, if he's back, they you probably got enough arms. If he's not, then even though the ninth is covered, it seems like there needs to be some depth at it. What, what do you anticipate happens with Robertson? You know, no player has accepted one of these qualifying offers yet, but I think you can make a pretty good case for Robertson doing it. You know, uh, it's obviously a significant raise over what he made last year. It would be $15.3 million for one year. I mean, that's a huge raise. He was about 5'2 last year. Um, it would make him the highest-paid closer in the game. Uh, Rafael Storiano made 14 last year. So there are reasons why you could look at that and say it makes sense to accept it. That being said, I mean, this is a crack at free agency here, and if, if Robertson's looking for a three- or four-year deal, I, I think one could be out there for him. I mean, look at how many teams have closing trouble this year. Um, I think there's money to be spent on closers out there, and you know what? I think the Yankees wouldn't rule out the idea of bringing him back for a multi-year deal either. I mean, he's a homegrown talent. Uh, there's something to be said about being able to do this job, to succeed in New York, to take over for Mariano Rivera and not really miss a beat. Um, Robertson is a very key part of that team. And, and look at what Kansas City did this year um, just by having that lockdown bullpen. I mean, it, it covers up for a lot of mistakes. So when you have guys like Robertson and Dylan Batances and you know whoever else you want to throw into that mix, I, I would imagine that they'll – They'll make a couple changes there, but you've got guys like Sean Kelly and David Phelps who can who can fill in there too, just to name a couple. Um, I think that the bullpen was one of the strengths of this team. Um, it was one of the reasons they were able to even win 84 games, which I know was below expectations, but uh, it kept them in a lot of games, and I think that uh, it, it makes a lot of sense to, to keep the bullpen to be a strength in 2015. All right, well, Brian Hope, thanks for taking some time to chat here on MLB.com Extras, and thanks everybody for listening. Visit the official online shop of Major League Baseball at MLB.com slash shop for the largest selection of authentic caps, T-shirts, jerseys, hoodies, collectibles, and more. Get your gear straight from the source. The MLB.com shop.